The Adventures of an NYC Dance Teacher. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We'll be sharing our experiences and all their ridiculous and hilarious truths. However, to keep the identity of our students and companies we've worked for safe, we won't be mentioning them by name, and if we do, they will be changed. Danielle is still pointing her toes somewhere else. Actually, this week she has a performance, so she won't be with us this week because her kids are performing for some charitable cause. I don't remember the details. Maybe she'll tell us when she gets back. But her kids are performing this week, so she won't be able to join us. So, once again, we have Colin Lemoyne back to join us this week. Hello. So, uh, Colin, before we start, um, thanks for coming back with us again. But also, feel free to share your social media so people can find you. Um, you can find me on Instagram at, at Colin underscore Lemoyne. That's C-O-L-I-N-L-E-M-O-I-N-E. Or you can go to my website, www.colinlemoyne.com. Nice. And so, the last time we had Colin here, we discussed, like, just, like, the craziness of moving to New York City and, like, the differences between a college program and the professional world. But I wanted to dive in. So, Colin has been doing auditioning, a few auditions while he's just arrived in the city. And I want to kind of dig into more of, like, the true difference between auditioning in the collegiate world and here in the city for the first time. Like, I really want to talk about just how different those first experiences are because, again, my first time auditioning in New York City was, oh, God, so many years ago. Like, I don't I don't remember at this point. It was several years ago because um, I auditioned in the city before I actually moved here, and I moved here five years ago. So, like, I think I'm, it might be closer to 10 years ago that I auditioned in the city for the first time. Um, but, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about, um, do you prep the same way that you would prep, like, previously prep for auditions when it comes to prepping for an audition in the city or professionally? Uh, well, professionally, you're, like, once you're out of college, you're, like, your team is <laughs> Yes, you. very true. In college, everything's, like... Oh, okay, there's an audition coming up. My voice teacher's going to talk to me about it for the three voice lessons beforehand as we pick out the perfect mm-hmm. song to fit the perfect show that we've known about for a year. And yeah. we've been working on this to showcase that I can sing this way for these people. Um, but in the city, I basically... I always try to make sure to... If it's the first time going to audition, have an idea. Like, it's the first round. I would like to just have an idea yeah. of what is, what the show is. And kind of, like, what the music sounds like. Uh, okay, so for our listeners, the reason why that is weird, and I chuckle when I hear that, I, as, you, as you guys probably don't know, I work on a lot of new musicals and new materials. So a lot of times I go to audition for things where I don't have any point of reference. I have no clue what it sounds like because they don't know what it sounds like or I have no clue what it will become because they don't know. So mm-hmm. a lot of times I do audition where there's just nothing at all. Yeah. I, with my, like, I did a workshop that I auditioned for in school and, like, I tried to, ju- I, it was called The Wave based on this wave project. And so I tried <laughs> to look up Mm-hmm. what the wave was that was like my goal was to like have an idea of what they were going to speak about at the audition um but then my prep in the city differs in that i have like my book i don't 
Have you redone? So his book is a, a collection of music theater songs used for auditions. Yes. Have you redone your book since you left college? Yes. Good. Good. Um, so many people don't. I especially <laughs> I redid it basically like immediately after showcase. Good. Because I kind of understood. I, I from that weekend mm-hmm. I got what everybody wanted me liked hearing me do. Nice. And That's then a smart I way to look went at it. back and I looked at all the stuff that school professors had told me to stop doing mm-hmm. and like suggested something else. And I was and I looked back at all those things and kind of went back and took out like the Colin Lemoyne greatest hits yeah. of nice. like the last four years of stuff that like I just put away because I didn't want to like keep working on it because mm-hmm. I had it down. And so I took some of those things out and now that is what makes up my book. And but. My book is not totally complete. I need to keep like working on it because I just moved here. Like I have to add. It will. It will. It will evolve and grow, and then some songs should just be like, "I'm tired of singing. I'm never touching it again," and then some just magically keep coming back in your book. It's also good that you did it so soon. I know so many people that get here and are here for six months to a year before they realize. Oh, someone will just ask them. Like I asked a lot of new artists, like, "Have you redone your book yet?" And they were like, "Well, what do you mean? It's the same book I had when I graduated." Or like, "Off of my showcase, I booked like two things off that book." And I was like, "Yeah, because that you were like a college senior, but like, no, you got to redo your book every so often." I would say, but just in general, like, what you sing in college will not always be what you sing professionally. Yeah, I had all of my sheets that I moved back to. Wisconsin with after a college and I went through all of my like paper library of sheet music yeah. and I was like no 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 mm-hmm. no ooh like with Anne on my arm that one thing that I did uh-huh. years ago for like one voice lesson this would work for me now and then I put yeah. my book and so then I basically when I'm going to auditions now unless it like Usually, what they're asking for, they'll put on the description, like, we want this style or this style. Mm-hmm. My book should cover that with a song. A song should fit pretty well Yes. into that. And so I don't want to add in a song for a random call that I'm going to go to that week. Yeah, I would never... Like, I'm never going to read, oh, they're auditioning... <laughs> Always in multiples. Um, I would always, like, I'd never say, okay, there's, like, I went in for West Side. I would never be like, oh, there's a West Side call. I'm going to go get this song that I never sing. Joanna from Sweeney Todd. my book. It's a nice big ballad. Yeah. And, yeah. That is not, no, no, I wouldn't. (laughs) Because they just want, I, I feel like in the city... Sorry, that is another thing. I No one calls New York City New York City if you live in New York City. We just call it the city. I don't yeah. know why that is. I just stopped doing it because everyone around me, and again, it's a habit I can only say, I just I just call it the city. When people are like, New York City, I was like, oh, yes, but it's just the city to me. But in the city, I found that um, they, like, like with dance that we talked about last time is the first round is kind of like can you sing in sort of the style that I'm looking for they're not going to cast me in a role until they've heard me sing that role's material which they will give to me 
later on after they find out, oh, I like his voice and I like his presence in the room. So I go in with stuff that I feel like I can be present in the room for and always sound good. And <laughs> But I think, well, that's simply because like a lot of people, and this, I think that's the thing that I'm, I've also realized about the city. Elsewhere in the world, excluding your major, you know, New York, LA, London, what have you, your big cities, a lot of people don't audition for a certain part, for certain shows. There's not a lot of people auditioning for shows. Like, in the city, you, what was I auditioning for? I want to say it was Sister Act. I think they were, it was like the men, the men's chorus call. I know I saw like 300 people myself. That's a lot. A lot of places don't have 300 people auditioning for the chorus of a musical, let alone the entire musical altogether. So I think you're right. That first that first round is really just the first round to be like, don't waste my time, don't waste my time, don't, ooh, there's a gym, there's a gym, ooh, waste my time, waste my time, to, there's a gym, there's a gym. Like, you gotta weed through that. And you have to make sure that it's, because they're always short, it's like, you get eight bars, or you get 16 bars, you don't want to go in with something that you just learned that week for this specific show mm-hmm. that you have a shaky idea of what the accompaniment is. You want them to be able to go, done, and you can sing the whole song no matter what the piano player does. That, you can just keep yep. going, and you like if they mess up, you have it, you're comfortable, and you're going to feel fine with what you did afterwards. And that's the same thing I would say to a lot of, because you do get a lot of dancers, is like, I want to do music theater. And I say welcome. Like, I, again, like I said, I started in MT and then I bounced to the dance world and now I'm swinging back towards MT a little bit more and still dancing. So I jump between the worlds. So I totally get it. But a lot of dancers will train their bodies but not their voice. And they'll go to a, they'll go to a call and again, a song they're kind of shaky on or they can kind of sing. You just don't know what you're going to get in the room. Same thing with choreographers. You know, like you have to be very mindful of that going in. Um, so I kind of want to talk, we talked about like our prep for it. How do you feel? Well, let's talk about the dance side of it. Do you feel like for dance calls, you prep differently here in the city? I mean, in college, I didn't really stretch (laughs) or go on. It's a real thing. It's not, it's a real thing. In college, I know the choreographers and I like, I like, I know that they're not going to do anything. Like, if I'm a dancer, I was one of, like, my program's dancers. Mm-hmm. Dan- I was, like, the dancer boy of my four years mm-hmm. that they had to do all the dance tracks. And yeah. so I knew, like, whatever they're going to do, like, I'll be fine by the end of the audition, like, getting mm-hmm. through it. But here in the city, I think for dance prep, like, you got to stretch and you got to make sure because you don't know... You could go in and they could ask you to kick your face, or you could go in and they could just be having you, like, step touch. Like, you don't have any idea what that <laughs> yep. choreographer is going to do. Even if it's a choreographer that you know well, yeah, they could blow your mind in an audition room. <laughs> it happens. Because, that was so funny, I auditioned for Danielle. So, uh, the co-host for the podcast, we, we'll, I'll probably bring the story up again when I'm, when she's back, but I auditioned for her. I know Danielle Stad. We danced together. Like we, I think maybe like the week prior, her and I had taken class together and then she was holding auditions for it and I auditioned with her and 
she, I was auditioning for her. And literally, I remember the first, I was like the second or third. No, I think she put me in the last group because we were like going out to dinner afterwards or whatever. And she was like, um, I remember them coming up and was like, oh my God, she's so fast. It's so fast. Like, oh my God, I didn't expect it to be that fast. Like, it's not that hard, but it's really fast. Like, oh my God. Like, I just remember everyone else freaking out about it. And I was like, oh, I kind of knew that. That's a little weird. Wait, how fast is it again? Like, I started like second guessing myself. And I was like, I, I know this person. Like, this is crazy. It's insane. So yeah, and the stretching thing, that's funny to hear you say that. I went through the same thing, but mine are for different reasons. I trained in Georgia and Florida. It don't get this cold, as New York City does. So I constantly go through the whole like, oh, it's very, very cold today. None of my muscles are warm. I must stretch where I'm gonna pull something. So I definitely went through the weather change up here versus like the whole like, oh, I know what I'm gonna get. And some people are more obnoxious than others. I always appreciate the non-obnoxious ones. There was a guy next to me at an audition today who was holding his foot and, like, working it around, and it was, like, popping, and he was going, (laughs) Ah! Like, right next to me. Like, we were so close, and there was so much room in the room. Oh, I I was like, good God, sir. (laughs) I mean, because, see, when stuff like that happens, I go, are you trying to intimidate me? Because that's not going to happen. But you're just annoying me. It's Richard. Like, that's the only thing you're accomplishing is annoying me. And you got to love the, the gymnasts in the, who warm up like, yep. when there's not really going to be gymnastics in the call. <laughs> yep. There's always there's always that one guy or girl that just sits in their split and elongate, you know, elongates in every possible way. They'll warn you if you're going to tumble. They often do. Like, or not, I know that I, usually I'm that person, like, guys, we're, I don't need to see anything more than a double pirouette. You know, or they'll be like, no jetes, no jetes. No, like, we don't, you don't have to jump that. Like, you often warn them for the sake of, like, just in general. Like, I, or at least I, almost every call I've been to, they kind of give us a heads up the minute you walk in the room and the preview, and like, as the groups go out, they kind of share that information, like, waiting to dance, where they'll literally be like, one time I went, I was like, guys, it's, 80 ja- it's 80s jazz. It's going to be fast. Fast and high kicks. Cool. I know where we're going. I know. Let me go ahead and stretch because I'm going to bop my to my face. Other times, they'll be like, it ain't that difficult. It's real easy. It's like a mover call. You know? And they were like, great. You know? So, like, I, I just don't. It's not necessary to go super crazy. Well, and, th- like, nobody's, like, I don't have a round off back layout. But mm-hmm. nobody's going to say, like, they're going to, if I do a round-off back handspring and then I and it looks good, and then I tell them that I have a round-off back layout, but I don't want to do it in this small little room, right. they'll go, cool, your form was perfect on the round-off back handspring. Why would you lie to me? You're just going to get in trouble later if oh, you so did true. it. Well, typically, because, like, I am not a gymnast at all. But it's one of those things of, if I... A co- either the choreographer in the room is going to know what you're talking about and they're going or they're going to be like, "Oh, that's really great that you have that. We don't like that's useful to know." But like it's going to be no one rarely have I been to an audition where they ask for that. Callbacks, yeah. They'll be like, "Oh, I see you have tumbling. Are you warm enough?" That's usually the thing. Most choreographers are going to ask, "Are you warm enough to tumble?" Mm-hmm. That's the very first thing they're going to ask cuz they're not going to ask you to tumble without any kind of precursor or warning to it you know so that's to be like stretching that heavily in a holding room 
You're just a show off. You're yeah, just it's trying just, to show it's, off. It's not the smartest idea. It's just not. Um, but I want to talk about when you're in the room now. So when you're in the room auditioning, we kind of mentioned this last episode when it talked about like knowing everyone in the room and like when it's a professor, they know you, they know your talent. But I want to talk about the reverse of that. What do you do when you're in the room and you don't know anybody? How do you feel like that's... How does that affect you? To be well, saying? I... Be it dance or music theater. The first the first time you go in, it's going to make you feel small. Because, oh. like, you're not used to this. But, mm-hmm. like, you want... Like, honestly, if you can just show that you're confident, you're going to make... Like, Confidence alone can get you places, and like being happy and like a friendly person mm-hmm. that like make even makes eye contact with the people in the room is like a huge point in your favor. It's like writing your name on the ACT. Yeah, like you like you get points for writing you your get name. Points. Yeah, you do. Like, and it and like like that like that's a solid amount. Like take the points when you can get the points, and so I I think feeling confident in the room and if I'm in a dance call and I'm not sure about a step <laughs> and not sure if I'm doing it right, yeah. I'm gonna look cool while I'm doing it. I'm gonna like be acting my face off yeah. so that if because they also are not looking at you the whole time you're doing the dance call. <laughs> also very true. So like I could mess up the entire dance call and then nail the spot that the director turns his head to look at me and I could be the best dancer in the room in his mind. But if I keep acting with my face, like you can distract him a little bit if you're not if you're off of the spot. Or it's just it's also one of those things of like I've been guilty of it for good reasons and bad reasons to where literally I've had to call groups back or a person back for a group to see them again because they did really, really well. And I was not looking at them at all. Like I was focused on someone else in the group and literally the, the director or the, you know, my assistants would be like, oh, did you see that person? And I was like, no, I did not. What did they do? <laughs> Invite them to come back to a second group. Can you stay in this group? Like I just, cause sometimes you... Even in small groups when there's five different dancers, like, that's still, like, your eyes are wandering all over the place. The director's talking to you in your ear. The MD's not playing the music fast enough. There can be numerous things happening. So I definitely think you're right about that. And you're looking at resumes, trying to, like, write what that person... You're like, okay, you're him. Right. Okay. <laughs> you're that... I should write on your resume. <laughs> that's true. And, well, I've started now. Usually, if they're smart the way we line up the dancers is how the resumes are sitting on the table in front of you. But you're also still writing notes on that. Or like, I know I'm good for like circling. Like I'll see somebody do something and be like, oh, they look really flexible. Do they have tumbling on their thing? Oh, she was dead. It, like contortionist is under her special skills. Cool. Like let's circle that. You know, like that happens mid audition. A billion other things are happening in your head. So it's very possible to miss them. But also... Most people don't expect perfection in an audition. Just because I have rehearsals to get you perfect. I don't I don't need you... No, it does happen. Um, I think I mentioned this before on the show about a friend of mine that, like, was auditioning for uh, Mean Girls to go into that show, like, the next week. So it does happen on occasion where they needed somebody just to hit it on the spot. But typically there's a whole rehearsal period. We don't need you perfect. We just need you capable of getting there in a short amount of time. And they're also not looking, they're looking for like a billion things. They're looking to see if you can do the moves. Mm -hmm. They're looking to see if um, 
if you're acting, which a lot of people in dance calls, a lot of a lot of people just don't yeah. commit to that. And you yep. and that'll bring you down if you're not the top dancer in the room. You'll be like, wow, that person's killing it. But I could go up there and mess up half the moves, but be acting it just the way the director would want it. And that exactly. director's gonna be like, he's who I want. And the director. Because a good a good laugh in the audition room will honestly make me remember a person more. So I'll tell anyone if you mess up, make me laugh. I I've said that a couple auditions and they're like, wait, when? Like and all the dancers like freak out, but like that person that's kind of a mover, like kind of a dancer, they're like, oh yeah, I can I can do that. I can make you laugh. Probably not gonna land a single move, but I can make you laugh because I'm like. I, I'm good about getting beginners to a good level. Like, I've just learned that from teaching. So when it comes to choreography, I'm like, I can... What do we need him to do? We, you want to use him for the character arc anyway? So basically, he just needs to be able to do, like, a step touch in a box square. I can He he can learn that. I can get anybody to do a and step touch like, in a box I square. I like that guy. And they're like, oh, the choreographer likes him, too. And, like, the choreographer exactly. is not doing anything with him. Nothing. But like, or, they te- or they tell us, like, they just need you, like, again... The comedic character, because there are a lot, it's a common music theater trope, is that the comedic characters run in and do a section of a big dance number, or the, it's a slapstick type of routine. So, like, uh, like a slapstick, like a very physical comedy routine, still falls under the choreographer on some shows. So, I just need to know, I need him to be able to do, you know, a sight gag, where, you know, he throws the pie in his face, or, you know, he constantly trips over things. Like, um... LeFou in Beauty and the Beast is one of those kind of parts where, like, the car- the costume, LeFou's costume is often padded because he falls 24-7. So the choreographer is the one that's, like, planning and setting out all these falls that he has to do. Uh, what other show? There's another show like that where, like, all the character does is, like, fall. And it's all these, like, ridiculous little gags and things like that. I know that in that audition. So I need you to be goofy, well, you know? Like Young Frankenstein, the... Uh, the police officer right doesn't dance ever, but he does like those weird movements mm-hmm. that are specific. So they have to like be sure that you can like learn something. You don't have yes. to know how to dance. That's what I'm saying. So <sighs> there, there are several moments, or even like every. Um, there are certain shows where the director's like, I want this character to have a funky walk. So like there'll be like a weird walk combination in the dance that to that to the person that again can do twenty pirouettes and do toe touches. It feels stupid, but to all those movers and character actors out there, it's like, that's what we need from you, you know? So I think it is that kind of balance of, like, you have to act, because you don't know. You don't know, you know? And also, the last thing that they're looking for is, which is different from school, I think, Mm -hmm. is that they're looking to make a group that they want to hang out with in a rehearsal room. Like, the, like yes. at school, they're there to teach you, and they distance themselves a lot. Mm-hmm. And, I like, there's a clear distance between the artistic team and the cast in New York. And, like, like in like professionally, there's still, like, a di- there's a distance. But, like, also, like, nobody wants to work with, like, you if, if they don't get old. If, like, you guys butt heads at everything. Oh, yeah. Like, they're going to be like, oh, my God enough with this person this is my ensemble i want to just be able to like joke with you guys and have you laugh at what i said (laughs) right well it's funny you brought up a really cool point that again i really didn't think that much about because i hop from both sides of the table constantly um right now the barrier between the artistic side of the table seems like so 
I won't say so far away, but it feels like there's a barrier. Keep working. Like, that's the one thing I'll say to that. Because, what, like, you will quickly learn your friends that come here as performers don't stay performers. Mm-hmm. Or it's one of those things of, like, you'll get so close with someone. Even a director. Like, I have director friends that I got so close with in a show that I did with them. And then, like, a month later, they go, oh, hey, I wrote a play. I want you to be in this play that I wrote. I'm not directing it, but, like, now they're a playwright. So, you know, that line gets very blurred the longer you stay in that in, in this industry because people jump back and forth all the time and work on numerous different projects and do different things for different projects. But I definitely think you brought up the point of, like, the in the industry, be it any type of performing industry, you spend a lot of time with the cast, crew, and artistic team. Like, you... There have been times where I've seen people I'm in shows with more than people I live with, you know? So you have... they You have to want to get along with them. Like, that is just something that, like... It's one, it's one of those things, like, I know a couple guys that did not get cast in some shows because they just have reputation as players. Mm-hmm. And, you- and, and, and just the... And the director was like... It's your personal life. I don't care. But he was like, in this show, there are, it was a ton of, it's a huge, uh, what, what, producers. It was the producers, which has a ton of women. They're all scantily clad the entire time. He was like, I, and, and, and this is in particular, was around the time of the Me Too movement kind of getting started around the country here in the United States. So like, he was like, I don't, the last thing I want is any kind of scandal of anything. And I've heard it's drama. He was like, I've heard, right, it will easily get a show shut down. He's like, and I've heard drama about these guys, like, flirting and sleeping with numerous, like, different people. He's like, I just don't want any of that. And I just feel like it was going to piss off half the cast if I do it. So, like, one, and he was like, one of the guys was the better part for Leo, the one of the leads in the show. He was like, but I took my number two just because I didn't want the drama that goes with him. Because he was like, we have a fast rehearsal process, and then we're going up, and then we're doing like two out of town performances, and then they were cycling the show back to be, you know, an off Broadway theater for a bit, you know, off Broadway or somewhere here in the city. But this one was like they had like their contract was almost like six months with this show. You don't want to spend six months with someone that's going to cause you conflict, or again, like you said, bumping heads. It just doesn't work. I like I know I go through this with when I'm teaching uh during children's theater like you're going on tour you're in a van touring you're either on an airplane or you're on a bus with these people they don't have time for drama the last thing the company manager wants to deal with is like is be chaperoning between a bunch of adults it's just not mentally is not worth it at all nobody wants to put a wild card into a show because it can shut it down and i would never say anything bad about somebody Mm-hmm. unprompted but if I'm working at a place and somebody asks me about somebody that's like now my reputation on the line yep. because where I they know me and they're asking my professional opinion about somebody so I'm going to tell them I'm not going to say anything that's not true but I'm going to tell them everything that I know because I don't like they're asking you a professional opinion and it's, it's one of those things of, like, it's... References are still a thing in the entertainment industry. Because I, I have been in that position where people have asked me about certain people. And I either... Depending on how close I am to the person that asked me. Like, I've had... Um, that's it, the, the first time it happened was a teaching gig. Um, 
it was actually the place where I met Colin at. I had a, where I met Colin at, um, where me and Danielle worked at. Someone had interviewed and they name dropped me, but they did not tell me that they were going to name drop me. Cause had they tell, had they said they were going to name drop me, I would have told them it was a bad idea. I don't think they would work well for that company, but unbeknownst to me, they name dropped me. And the thing about this particular company that we worked for is that like, we're all very close knit and our, our, it has a very strong family vibe. The, the artistic director of this program has my personal cell phone number. Like I've drank with him. We've cracked jokes, you know, like I've met his wife, you know, hung out in his RV. So this person, let's call him Abigail. Abigail name drops me in this interview. And so later that day, I get a phone call from, mm, let's call him Bob. Bob calls me and he's like, hey, do you know this person? And I'm just like, uh, yeah. He was like, so this person just sat down and I was like, I'm close with Bob. So I just told him, I was like, yeah, that's gonna be a shit show. Don't do it, don't do it. It's gonna cause you problems later. You're probably gonna have to fire this person. Like I just went on and told him. There was another incident where I had someone audition for a friend of mine. And I, I'm friends with this person, but we aren't particularly cl close enough where he could totally reach out to me. And he asked me about a young lady that auditioned for him that uh, she, we, it was a show on her resume that he knew that I just did. So he was asking about it and I just, I didn't say anything. And that was my response. You know, he was just like, would you ever work with them? And I was like, mm, you know, and he was like, got, he was like, I didn't even say if I had to, he was just like, got it. You don't have to say anymore. Like I, cause again, I'm one of those people if I've got your back, I've got your back. And I think he know he knows enough about me to be like, if this per if I, I wasn't given a glowing review, I was not saying anything. And I think he kind of caught on, like that person didn't get hired. You know, it's one of those things, but you don't. And it's not, it's not out of malice to anybody else. It's no, but when I, why screw up that relationship with that choreographer, allowing them to hire someone that's not right. You if, know, if, if I, vouch for you and you screw up screw over the person that i vouched you to there i'm now screwed over as well because they're like wow you ruined my you you let this happen to me and so like and then heaven forbid like, you knew right well heaven forbid the choreographer tells the director that you you know i checked a reference on this person and it didn't work out like all this other like it could just you could easily have a domino effect of bad juju just out there in the universe off of that one bad reference. So and you, just don't, you don't want to be a bad reference. You don't want to. You don't want to be a bad have no, bad references about you. Because it's, I'm sure I've mentioned this on the show before, but if not, I will say it again. The age of the diva is dead. Like in the performing arts, like no one divas don't last very long in this industry anymore, just because time is money. And there are so many people that want to make it in this industry that like those diva attitudes are great for reality television. But as far as like scripted television, movies, music theater, what okay. have you, it just doesn't work. Yeah. The only way that you're going to get work as a diva right now is if you ha were a big name <laughs> and it's not going to be anywhere that's yeah, but they even like even all the like big names that I can think of that have reputations as divas, they they like they're working like not here. They're working somewhere where like the artistic team 
doesn't know them as well. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's all, all the divas, like, the big divas I can think of, it's like their careers have been stalled or, like, their careers have reached a certain peak where they won't grow, you know, they won't grow any more than they already have simply because no one wants to work with that, you know? Like, that's just the big thing about it. Like, no... I have friends that are on cruise ships. No one wants to work with a horrible person and be stuck on a boat with them in the middle of the ocean, you know? Like, that's just not a feasible option at all. Um, and the last thing I kind of wanted to talk about with you is callbacks. How do you feel, like callbacks are different here in the city than in college because I don't think we mentioned that previously. Well, I kind of, I really like callbacks. Those are my favorite things because I feel like... Samesies. Because I, I hate, I, I don't hate the first auditions. I just, those are always the hardest to me mm-hmm. because those are me performing oftentimes, at, it's me showing me. Yes. Because mostly... That's kind of what you're doing. You're showing them, like, this is a song that I love. (laughs) You're putting all of your stuff out on the table Mm -hmm. for them to say, I love it, or, no, thanks. And then if they say, I love it, they love it, you know that they love it. So you're back. And so you can feel good about yourself. A lot of people are like, oh, now I have to do a callback. You should be like, I have a callback. They want me to do well. That's what... People would always tell me, the people in the room want you to be good. Everybody always thinks in like high school and the beginning of college, they're like, oh, they hate us in the room. They're like, please God, (laughs) will there be a good I have been that person sitting at the table, especially because they always make choreographers go to like the normal, typically. They make us go to the singer and singer call and be like, pull people to invite back for dance call. So I've been that person sitting at the table being like, I feel like my eyes are bleeding. How many people have we seen? And it's like... We've seen, like, the first 100 people. What do you mean the first 100 people? How many more people are we seeing after lunch? It's like, oh, yeah. Uh, probably, like, another 150 more. And I was like, oh, dear God. Just, like, you sure we can't cast? I said that. I was like, you sure we can't cast it off, like, the first 100 people we saw? And then the director was really like, ah, oh, there's, still, like, four parts that I have no clue. And I was like, oh, God. What? Like, you die. Like, you just want it to end. Like, Thanks. no one wants to watch. I, I mentioned this. No one wants to watch 300 people audition for this one part. No one wants to do it. We want, I love coming in and being like, in the first five minutes, we found them. Uh, everything else was a formality. And I love that, you know? They, uh, yeah, it's, they don't want to have another call a week later because oh God, they no. got everybody but one. I've seen it happen now. Well, I've, yeah, there's some shows that sucks. just have calls and calls and calls because they can't, I, somebody was talking to me about, there's like, a hundred places doing Footloose right now. Yep. And so there's some place in the world doing Footloose where they just kept auditioning because they couldn't find Ren. They uh. were like, because all the Wrens are, like, <laughs> are doing, doing other doing productions. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Or it's like, that happens when like, where was I? I think it was like some major tap show. This was several years ago. It could have been, like, Millie. I could have been, like, high school? Oh, I don't so think. Fun. I love that show. Um, it's one of my favorite. I don't think it was Millie. It was some major, like, tap show had happened. 42nd Street or something. And, like, well, that was the thing. A major revival had just come off Broadway for a tap show. And a major, like, new tap show had just... Nope. It was uh, Nice Work. Nice Work. Nice Work. Nice Work had just come off Broadway. And either Millie or 42nd Street had just had a revival. It was something. But it's, like, two major tap shows were happening regionally and touring. 
So all the tappers were like non-existent because they were all getting snatched up for nice work or Millie. And tappers, you think that there's so many and there's not. not <gasps> as many a dance call I've been to, it's we did a whole episode. It's like, is tap a dying art? And I'm like, no, there are still like whole tap competitions and things like that. But like, there are not a lot of music theater people that learn tap. I know lots of music theater people that are just like, oh, I never learned to tap. And I'm just like, you're missing I can out. do a time step, but that's about it. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, but there's so much more. But yeah, so like, I just remember that kind of like starvation of being like, there are no tappers right now. Guess we're gonna have to keep auditioning until we get some. Or, you know, like people calling out the word was like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Nope, they're in a show right now. Nope, they're in this show right now. Or that contract in, maybe you can snatch them up. Like, it it happens where it feels, I don't want to say it feels like a lack of talent out there, but it's just like everyone, everyone that is right for these projects are booked at the moment. Um, so yeah, I think, that I just still think that's a very good attitude to have when it comes to callbacks. So is that like, enjoy them. Mm -hmm. Like you, they already, they already saw something in you. And now it's just whether, matter of whether they fit. My favorite thing about callbacks is that they give you material that you've never worked on. Mm-hmm. And they know that you've never worked on it. Or you've had a day turnaround, you yeah. know, on the material. And, so, yeah. And so, like, they, like, nobody's in there to, like, wreck your life. But no. you, you, get to, you get to go and you get to read a script of a show that you might not have ever read the script of. And you get to look at a part that you maybe have never looked at before. And you mm-hmm. get to look at new music that you've never gotten to do before. And then you get to go in there and just kind of do whatever you want to do with it the first time around, and then they give you notes. And, like... Yeah. And all that they... And the big thing that they're looking for with the notes is that you take the notes. So if, yeah. you're, just, if you're just there to, like, have a good time and, like, work hard, if you fit the part, like, you're going to get it out of callback. <laughs> like, if you're what they're looking for. Yeah. Otherwise, they're just going to be like, wow, I really enjoyed working with that person. They don't, like... Like, this other guy fits it better. But, like, they took all my notes and they did but all But you this. also don't know, like, that's the beauty that I do love. Is that, like, again, so many people doing so many projects. Cool, this person does not fit. They are too young. Oh, but in, like, a month, I'm going to be doing something. What are you doing in, like, a month? Like, I've literally had, like, casting directors be like, we do, look out for an email from me. And then the next day be like, I don't get the partners. Why he say that? And then like a month later being like, so I'm working on this project. Come audition. Or like, submit a video for this. You know, you just never know mm-hmm. in this industry. And I think that's one of the beauties about auditioning here. Um, is that they kind of just different connections to different projects. Like it's definitely rewarding to me. But that being said, let's move right along to our next section called I'm Sorry What. And this section is all about the funny and awkward moments that me and Danielle, or our guest, have in the city um, living the performer's life. Um, my I'm Sorry What for this week comes from doing uh, a workshop I had uh, a few weeks back where my um, artistic director for a company that I work for made a request for a musical to be done at this um, high school. And we immediately kind of like shut him down, several of the teaching artists, because he wanted to do what? Into the Woods. Hard show. Yes, and that is why he got shut down. Because, so Into the Woods is a very fun show. 
It is a very long show if you do not cut it. And he wanted to do the full version. So Into the Woods, when, like, with high school kids, can you can hit almost three hours with Into the Woods. It's a very long show if you don't do the cut version. He was like, I don't want to do the cut version. So we're like, yeah, already too long. So we're like, mm, attention spans. Granted, these are high school kids. We were all like, mm. And then he was like, but I think it could just be so rewarding. You know, like, they can make the connections with the fairy tales. And I was like, mm, most kids don't read fairy tales anymore. But, like, sure. That is, like, that is not why I'm saying no to this. We don't have the voices to pull off Into the Woods. Because Into the Woods has everything from Little Girl Belton to Operatic. We don't have those voices at this particular school. I don't think it's a good idea. He fought with us for about, I want to say an hour, till finally, like, we, like, had to pull up videos and be like, this is what you're asking for. These are the kids we have. Cast them. Give me a preliminary casting. And he couldn't do it. And so he finally, like, gave way to, like, the expertise of artists that he's paying to be like, yeah, this is a really dumb idea. Like, we still haven't settled on what musical we're going to do with them. But I just, like, it's one of those things of, like, we've said this before in the show trust the people that you're paying to teach like to teach and to choreograph and to direct like trust the people that are doing this so what about you Mr. Colin what's your I'm sorry what for this week well like a week ago I had it was a Monday and it was raining and cold in the city and I had just got the day before I had gotten off of a uh, shuttle from New Jersey where I was doing a show mm-hmm. and so I like was tired and then I had a Monday which made me more tired and it wasn't my best day and so I got off the subway and I was walking and I saw a Rite Aid so I was like I'm gonna buy myself some miniature donuts <laughs> and it's gonna make my day happy and that's going to be fine. It'll be $2, and I'll be in a good mood again, and I'll tackle the rest of the day. And I was walking down the street. I literally, There's two blocks between my apartment and the Rite Aid. And on the first block, the star of a Broadway show that I had just seen walked out of the front door <laughs> with his dog. And I was like, oh my goodness. I really enjoyed his performance in that show. I should say just great job and like tell him I enjoyed it and then he looked over at me and saw me with my like backpack over one shoulder wearing like the worst clothes I could be wearing at that point (laughs) eating donuts out of a bag in the rain in the cold not dressed for the cold and kind of gave me like a wow look (laughs) and I was like true and so I just (laughs) continued to walk down the street but now I know that maybe I'll run into him again sometime and I can tell him great job that's the beauty of again that's like I say the beauty of New York is that like one everyone has shitty awful days here in the city it is unavoidable especially being in the industry here to where like you're just tired. Like, tired, tired, being tired and exhaustion can cause you to be like, yeah, I don't care what I look like. I'm going to go grab my dinner and go back to my apartment. And then also just, like, Broadway people live all over the city. You'll be so surprised. Like, even not even just Broadway. Celebrities are all over the city. You'll be very surprised where you'll stumble across people. Like, I still remember a couple of friends of mine were on the train and they bump into Jessica Lang from, you know, American Horror Story fame. Like, just chilling on the subway, like, I don't, 
know where she was going, but she they were just like, she's just on the subway. Like, she didn't, you know, like, hasn't won a billion, kajillion awards for this. And I, don't know, I was just like, well, she had to get somewhere, and the train was probably most convenient. So she just hopped on the train. And they, so. they want, like, they, they appreciate if you're like, I enjoy your work. But they don't want to be treated like... They don't want to be mobbed. They don't want to be mobbed. If they you, don't want to be mobbed. If you see somebody famous and you want to say, I enjoyed this, they'll be like, oh, thank you so much. And then they'll move on with their day and you'll move on with your day. I I remember I was on the subway platform and I'd just seen Head Over Heels earlier in the day and then I saw the play that goes wrong at night. It was on my nice. birthday. And my friend and I that had just seen the play goes wrong and Head Over Heels were standing on the subway platform. And we looked over, and we saw the lead from Head Over Heels. Nice. And he looked over at us and saw that we were holding Head Over Heels playbills. Mm. And was like, oh. <laughs> like, like, audibly sighed. Because we, like, looked over at him. And then we were just kind of like, we gave him a thumbs up and walked <laughs> into the train. And he was like, oh. I'm safe. Like I was. It's a Sunday night. I'm glad that, mm-hmm. that I wasn't bombarded. Cause uh, for all non-Broadway people, Sunday is the end of the work week for Broadway people. Cause Monday most theaters are dark. So like end of your work week, I totally get that. I I have really good luck of like bumping into like Broadway people unprepared for myself or them, and not even like recognizing them first. Cause I bumped into. Um, the actress that plays Gretchen in Mean Girls, like Ed Bed, Bath and Beyond, mm-hmm. randomly, I was like looking for a pillow, and I like bu- I just bumped into a woman. I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And I looked at my sorry face. I was like, you're in that thing with the the. Oh, her- congratulations, really much. She's like, thank you. And I went like, I was over the conversation before she was because this old lady tried to snatch my pillow that I was trying to buy. Like, so it's one of those things that like, you don't. It should not be this crazy, grandiose thing because I go, again, I well, I say to young artists, five years from now when that's you, do you really want to be going through that? You know, do you want someone to bombard you like that while all you want to do is like get your food and go home or, you know, you just want to shop or you're just walking down the street, you know? So I definitely say it's something to be weary of, like doing to other celebrities when you're here in the city. Yeah, I remember I was walking down the street one day and... They, they can be so kind if you don't bug them. Because <laughs> they're true. like, they're like, they'll be like, oh, hello. I was walking with my friend after seeing a show and Steven Schwartz passed me. Nice. And I like, it was He's dark. He's also very friendly. It was dark and I like saw him pass me and so I like, was like, wait a second. And then I turned around and I like looked at my friend who had just worked with him. Mm. Oh, no, she knew somebody who had just worked with him. So like she had been looking at it and I was like, was that Steven Schwartz? And he turned around, gave us finger guns, and kept, and then, like, continued the spin. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I was like, I was like, you fly, man. Like, because it, it just had, there are human beings that exist in the world. And so it just, fangirling out over people doesn't, it doesn't serve you or them. But I, yeah, I had a few moments where I was like, wait, is that who I thought? Oh, it is. Oh, well, hi, person. And I move on with my day because I'm usually rushing to wherever I'm going anywhere, too. It makes you more special, actually. Like, because you're... They will appreciate not being bombarded more than the, like, the simple wave or, like, a kind thank you and then moving back on with your day, you know? Like, all you want to do is, like, I, I when you're a fan of somebody, all you want to do is them, for them to be, like, to respect you back. And mm-hmm. if you, 
if you bombard them, then they're going to be like, oh my god, it's another one. But if you do it, yeah. they'll be like, wow, that was a refreshing... <laughs> Change like, of pace. What a nice fan that I just met. That's one of my better fans. And you're <laughs> like, true. I'm a better fan. That's true. Well, that's it for this episode. The curtain has closed. But we hope that you will join us next week and every week after that. We want to say a special thank you to our listeners. Our numbers keep growing, and that's all thanks to you. Episodes come out every Tuesday. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. You can find us on Facebook at Point Your Toes. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at PointPYT. You can also email us at PYTNYC29 at gmail.com. We want to say a special thank you to Colin for joining us again this week. Why don't you give the people your information so they can find you? Uh, my Instagram is at Colin underscore Lemoyne, C-O-L-I-N underscore L-E-M-O-I-N-E. And you can also check out my website at www.colinlemoyne.com. Nice. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the Avengers of NYC Dance Teacher. Oh.